What's up, y'all, and welcome into today's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad you are here. It's good to be back. We've missed a couple of episodes this month because, uh, you know, being sick and then Easter and busyness. So uh, keep me and uh, your other friendly co-hosts in your prayers. It's just been busy and kind of crazy. We hope that you enjoyed Easter. We're going to talk about Easter and my experience there. It was it was really special. Um, and we got a special guest co-host today, David Bates from the Pites with Jack podcast. He's been on the show as a guest a couple times before. I edited his podcast. He's a great dude. Um, and he's British, so I love hearing accents. Hope that you enjoy hearing accents as well. Uh, we have a great time. We talk about our experience of Holy Week, and now that we are celebrating this Easter season that we are in for a very long time, which is very exciting. We also talk about um, the four loves from C.S. Lewis, which they are deep diving in right now in their season of Pints with Jack. And we also talk about um, the Byzantine Rite, Eastern Catholicism, because David is from the Byzantine Rite of Catholicism. So it's a great show. We hope that you enjoy it. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you are listening. It really, really helps us out. Cool. What's up? And welcome to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Scroll. We have a special treat today. Uh, not from across the pond, but recently moved closer to a lot of ponds. David Bates is is here as a guest co-host today. He's been a guest twice. Um, I, I actually spend way more time with David than David spends with me. <laughs> Editing the Pints with Jack podcast. David, welcome back, buddy. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And it's lovely to know that you are our most faithful listener that we pay. I, I really am. I really am. I listen I listen so often to your show. I've listened to just about every episode that comes out. Every now and then you're like, I want to edit this one. I'm like, fine. Okay, whatever, man. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I listen to it all the time. I, um, I, I'm also your most frustrated listener because I, I hear it before it's pretty. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's, you hear every throat, throat clean, every knocked microphone. Right, it's very good, very good. But I love the show. I really do. It's it's one of my it's one of my favorite shows that that I edit to actually listen to while I edit. It's very good. Um, so, uh, just you've been here before. You've been here as a guest like many many years ago. We talked like right at the beginning when y'all were starting Pints with Jack, um, and then you came on with sometime within the last year and you argued with our good friend, Caitlin Fachista, T with Tolkien uh, about some, you know, Tolkien versus Lewis stuff. And that was very fun. Uh, but my, uh, my co-hosts are dropping like flies and I needed some help. And I was like, this will <laughs> be fun. So just uh, reintroduce yourself to the people. My name is David Bates. I am English. I live in the United States, have done for over a decade. And about a year ago, I moved from sunny San Diego to the dairy-laden Wisconsin. Uh, I have a wife, Marie. She runs Pints with Chesterton. And we have uh, a son, Alexander. And he is currently working on his sixth tooth. So I got very little <laughs> sleep last night. Uh, you know, okay, so I... I was I was a weird child. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Like no. even if you didn't know that, like I was both <laughs> bullied and a bully, right? So I think a lot about names and like naming my kids and like I had to make sure that like their because my last name is Troll, I had to make sure that their first two initials weren't AS something, right? You know, like, like because I would have bullied my kids. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I, I'm trying to protect them because I was both bullied and a bully every now and then. So, I, I hear Alexander, and especially the way that you say it. And I've been watching, you know, I've been, I've been watching these TV shows. Alexander the Great is on the mind. So when you were naming mm-hmm. your child, did you think that, you know, did you, did you foresee or were you, are you, did you foresee things like I did? That he might be called at some point Alexander the Mediocre, Alexander the Okay. <laughs> uh, was this part of the foreshadowing or no? Uh, we de- definitely did think about it. I've actually long thought that somebody <laughs> should set up a company where they hire a child from every single grade and they basically submit a child's name and all of the children come up with names that that child might be called. I think that'd be a really good service <laughs> yeah. to perform. For parents, uh, but yeah, no, yeah. We, like, like I heard the other day that like there's an adult that's getting paid like $10,000 to help name a child. But it's totally better for the kids to do it because, yeah, they would say which names not to do. That's great service. <laughs> Far more creative as well. Uh, but no, we definitely definitely thought about that. And uh, we actually describe Alexander with 
you know, with the great if he let us sleep through the night, uh, the mediocre if we only had to get up a couple of times, and the terrible if we basically spent the entire night awake trying to get him to go back to sleep. I'm not gonna lie, man. Alexander the me- mediocre is a disc. Is, is a disc. Alexander the terrible sounds awesome. Like if your son goes down as Alexander the terrible, like that's okay. That's okay. He achieved something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this weekend, David, I was in uh, St. Louis leading a retreat for uh, eighth graders. So uh, sorry, we didn't have an episode last week. I've been busy. Leave me alone. Get off my back. Um, but it was it was a great retreat. So first of all, shout out to the students that were there. A lot of them subscribed to YouTube. We talked a lot about, you know, they just got confirmed last Wednesday. So this this episode comes out Wednesday. A week ago, they got confirmed. So y'all, uh, if you're listening, say a prayer for them. They're cool kids. There was about 35 of them. Um, about half of them subscribed either to YouTube or Spotify. We talked a lot about, like, discipleship and go, how to get into heaven. Um, but I know that about half of them are going to go to hell because they didn't subscribe. <laughs> This is why you need to spend some time preparing them for confirmation with practice slaps. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. And slapping has been in the news recently, so maybe maybe we should have learned something from that. <laughs> but uh, I'm just Take kidding. my saint's name out of your mouth. Right. <laughs> that was very good. That was very good. I liked that a lot. <laughs> Oh, man. I, I think we should stop. I think we should end with that. <laughs> Our podcast became a four-minute podcast. Guest co-host David Bates was here for four minutes, and, and uh, we ended the show on a good And one. we peaked. Yeah, we did. Uh, so, uh, just kidding, uh, but obviously... That was a ploy because I know that a few of them are listening. And what I want them to do is for them to tell their friends that didn't subscribe that I said they're going to hell. And I want I want to get those last few. It's really just a ploy to get them to subscribe. So and and the parents so they hear it so they can complain. Right. As long as they subscribe as well, mission accomplished. Right. They would have to listen, which would be another download to prove that I said something terrible. This is a great ploy. I thought about it the other day. I'm really happy with it. So big pivot. Are you ready for this big pivot from telling I'm eighth ready. graders in Seattle they're going to hell? I had the best Holy Week of my, uh, in the last 10, 10, like 10, I almost said 10 decades. The last 10 years, <laughs> the last 10, well, I mean, t- to be fair, well, maybe not the last 10 decades. I had a very good Holy Week, um, hmm. the last, whatever it was, two weeks ago now. Uh, this was supposed to be last week's show, and I didn't do a show last week because I was tired and still getting over being sick. I still have my cough button. It's been a month, and I'm still coughing! Uh, so, we get into Holy Week. And David, I don't know if I don't I don't think we you and I have talked about it, but a lot of people have uh, you know, listened to the show over the last few years know that our parish has been a rough place to be over the mm. last f- four years until the last year. There's been a lot of light and hope over the last year. That's kind of the thing. Three years of very very difficult to the last year of getting a new pastor, and things have been very much looking up. Um, Holy Thursday, uh, we go to our parish. And, you know, just it's, it's like and it, it, there was this interesting thing where a lot of times I'm not like deep enough in my spiritual life to know often why I'm making the decisions that I'm making. But I know that I need to make them. Does that make sense? OK, yes. Okay. You're running on instinct. Right. Well, it, well, it's instinct slash like there's there's this like. My Roomba is yelling at me randomly in the middle of the show, but there. I don't want to move my Roomba to a little case. I'm trying to talk about my spiritual experience. Get behind me, Satan Roomba. I wish she would shut up. Okay. So I could have left. I was done. Like we finished track practice Thursday morning and our whole plan was to go to my parents' house, which was about two and a half hours away um, for like the Easter weekend. Right. So I totally could have left Thursday, but something was telling me that I needed to be there Thursday. And I thought, I thought it was just, I needed rest. It was a busy week. I had been sick for, you know, really sick for two weeks, but it had been a month of still not really feeling 100%. I thought I just needed a day of rest, day to be at home, day to chill and do nothing. But still, the plan is to go to Holy Thursday Mass. We go to Mass, and obviously we haven't heard, you know, we haven't heard the Gloria in a very long time, right? We get to church. It's packed, which is cool, because over the last two years, you know, two years ago, we didn't have any Holy Week services because... Literally, the churches were closed, right? Last year, we were still kind of hit and miss with our feelings with our parish, right? Um, 
so like we went to what was required, but we weren't going to the extra things, the Thursdays and Fridays and that sort of thing. Uh, it was just kind of a tough time spiritually. So this is like really our first time back for Holy Week. And I've always loved Holy Week, but like the life just got sapped out of me for three years, right? So um, we're there Holy Thursday, me, my wife, my three kids, and we get to the Gloria, which is what, three, four minutes in, right? And I start singing. And like, I'm a, I'm a loud, boisterous singer. That shouldn't surprise anybody, right? Mm-hmm. But like on Sunday mass, especially the earlier mass, like nine o'clock mass, like it's like, the choir and me and like three other people in church singing. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. so it, it, it kind of makes yourself you know, like, like I kind of got quiet down or whatever. But dude, like the Gloria hits and everybody's singing. So I'm like belting it out. Glory to God in the heart. You know, I'm like going for it. Right. And I get like four lines in and these things just start hitting me. Like I'm like I'm I've been known to exaggerate. I am not with this story. I've never heard that place that loud in seven years since I've been here to the point where it, like it wasn't even close. Like, you know, you and I but have both worked with audio. It was like double as loud as I have ever heard it before because it was like every single person was singing. The choir was singing. Everybody was great. And it's like, it, cause it wasn't just me that has been struggling. It's our parish that has been struggling for years. Right. I got goosebumps now. Like we have just been so dry and dead because of, our leadership and i'll leave it at that <laughs> and we've gotten a new pastor and he has just got his breathed new life through him because our hurt came through that position right and now the healing is coming through that position and, and it's and it's, it was so cool i david i lost it i i'm not a person that cries easy i got three lines into the gloria and i am bawling my eyes out because I'm like, like, not only am I finally at the point that I'm realizing that I'm healing a lot from those wounds, but so is the parish. Like the parish mm. is participating and we have hope and we have joy. And it wasn't just like, yes, Holy Week is special and like Holy Thursday is special. But it was even bigger than that, like for us as a parish, because this is really the first time that I felt anything close to that in the last four years. So I've talked for a long time, but anyway, that was my thought on Thursday, at least. <laughs> no, that's really beautiful. It's I've noticed something around the churches in the in the run up to Easter that everybody was everybody was really needing an Alleluia. Everybody right. was really <laughs> needing Easter. It feels like Lent has been going on for about three years right. for everybody, even outside of issues in, inside local churches. Uh, for myself, our Easter was different because this was our first Easter with a small child. So that basically meant that vigils were out. Right. Because right, vigils right. are also <laughs> bedtime, which is kind of sad because I always like the vigils. I much prefer the, the Monday, Thursday and the Easter vigil. Those are my favorite points. I'm more of, of a Easter. Tuesday, Wednesday guy. <laughs> uh, but it meant that for the late services, my wife and I, we did our own thing at home. We have uh, a couple of um, stay-at-home prayer liturgies that we did actually during the pandemic. And we also did our own uh, night prayer on Monday, Thursday. And uh, there might have been some foot washing involved as well. Nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I, you know, now, you know, we're, we're in different situations with, with our kids. You know, you, you have your, your first very, very small, very young um very loud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so if he was just big, he'd be me. <laughs> Essentially, is what we're saying. So uh, loud, obnoxious, uh, but small. So very different. Can I can occasionally be pacified with food? Yeah, I mean, look at me. <laughs> Not occasionally, <laughs> buddy. So, um, but like, it was interesting for us because we're in a different boat. This was the first time that like we didn't have a very small child. Like our four year old started struggling. She's fine in like our Sunday masses now. She's used to that, right? Like Holy Thursday being the extra thirty minutes was tough. Uh, we didn't bring her to Friday because we knew Friday was going to be closer to two hours. Uh, we left her with mm-hmm. my parents. We we took Alexander to that one. It was it was <laughs> he actually quite enjoyed the let us kneel, let us stand bit. Right. Uh, the uh, if you felt the crucifixion. <laughs> <laughs> bringing a, a baby to that one uh, and then Easter- well it was funny because we actually took him took him out a, a couple of times to the back of church he started getting a little fussy and we got there I, I actually had him at the back of the church 
when the deacon came round with with the with the cross to, to take forward. So you had the cross, massive cross, and two acolytes either side of him, and Alexander was just transfixed. He knew something was going on. Right. So something's happening here. Hey, another similarity between me and your son. Something's happening here, and it's special, and I'm not quite sure what's going on. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say both naturally attracted to fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is that is also true as well. Um, on our Good Friday, it, it was also cool because I grew up. Um, how can I say? It? I grew, do I want to say all of my thoughts for Friday? I think I do. I grew up uh, in the Diocese of Galveston, Houston, and the Cardinal um, Cardinal Donardo did my confirmation. And there was always a joke about him that I won't share here. But if you know the joke about him, there's a joke about him. So I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how Good Friday service was was going to go. So, but we knew that the cardinal was going to be there. So I was like, this is cool. Like my son. So we we left my two daughters, the two youngest, with my parents. But we went to my home parish, like where I grew up, going to church, like my first, you know, my first Holy Weeks, and all the way through high school and all those things. Um, and the cardinal was there, and it was really cool. And it was cool because, like, it was the first time, like, I've I've seen him. I've, I've been at Mass with him a couple of times. But it was my first time my son has ever been in a room, I think, first time with the bishop, but definitely first time with a cardinal, right? So I got to teach him about that, and he liked the the hat and everything. And, like, seeing my son venerate the cross was really cool, you know? Um, and, and the bishop had a really good line that uh, he said he thinks he stole it from somebody, but he can't remember who. But his homily was about the good thief because that was, you know, that was the reading that day. Um, and he said, the good thief even managed to steal heaven. I like that line a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Um, so we go to the cathedral here. So we had the bishop as well. Oh, nice. And I explained to Alexander, if you need to escape, you can only move diagonally. <laughs> uh, but what's kind of funny is we, we learned over the course of Easter that Alexander isn't a great fan of the bishop. Whenever he starts speaking, Alexander wants to contribute. So I I wonder I, I got onto this huge tirade like a year ago with Father Anthony about how auxiliary bishops are fake. And I'm not gonna rehash the whole thing now, but essentially Wise. auxiliary bishops are fake. Um so I wonder when chess was invented. And if it was before auxiliary bishops, I wonder if there was only one bishop, or if it was invented after, if they are now acknowledging the fake auxiliary bishop because there are two bishops in chess. <laughs> Please see previous episodes that I will link below for my argument about how fake auxiliary bishops are. <laughs> David is very much keeping his mouth closed. He's like, why did I agree to do this? <laughs> I don't want to get excommunicated. You, you do you. All right. Um, the final thing, and this this will be a tease for um, for our final segment, because uh, you one of the things that I find fascinating about you, uh, primarily is your British accent. Everybody knows I love accents. Secondarily is that mm -hmm. you uh, are of the Byzantine right uh, within Catholicism. Uh, so we're going to talk about that more in depth, but I do have two questions about it now uh, because uh, our, our liturgies are different, which we'll get into more detail, but specifically for Easter. Two questions about Easter. I, I learned this year that Orthodox Easter moves, I mean, our East, uh, uh, Catholic Easter moves, but so does mm -hmm. Orthodox Easter, which is like the Eastern Church. But you're Eastern Catholic. Did you celebrate mm -hmm. Easter when I celebrated Easter or a week later? No, we we shared Easter. Okay, good. So most most of the Eastern Rite Catholic churches are on the Gregorian calendar. Uh, typically, Eastern Orthodox, they follow the Julian calendar, which is why they celebrate some things at different times. Uh, the, although there the are monkey actually some... from Madagascar? They listen to him? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the some, so there are some Eastern Rite churches that do follow the Julian calendar. I know that there are some Russian Eastern Catholic uh, churches in San Francisco that they follow the Julian calendar. And I remember talking to the deacon and he says, it's great because it means we do all of our shopping after the major feast <laughs> for everybody else and everything's on sale. It, it's kind of like when I managed to convince my wife that we should celebrate Valentine's Day a week after Valentine's Day. I got so much half-price candy. It's right. great. Uh, my wife and I uh, never celebrate Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day. Sometimes we do it early. Sometimes we do it late. We never Smart. do it on that day because the young couples piss us off. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> you just want to go around the restaurant offering cynical advice to the couples that are there. 
no, no, you'll probably last, no. <laughs> that joke he's making now is going to get old. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, oh, one thing before my second question. Now we're now we're uh, on a tangent of a tangent, which doesn't surprise me at all for the two of us. Um, the 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 second thing that I thought about is because Orthodox Easter is was a week after Catholic Easter, right? So think about a week before Easter for us. We were Palm Sunday, right? What's the big line that we as the congregation say during, during the gospel? Crucify him, crucify him. So here we are as a Christian church that's supposed to be one. And on Catholic Easter Sunday, the Orthodox are going, crucify him, crucify him. And we're like, he is risen. He is risen indeed. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't doesn't really send a united message, yeah, exactly. does it? It's very confusing. So you just, just like make up your mind. I don't want to be crucified twice in a week. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, at least to be fair, Christians have had this problem since the very early centuries. Early centuries of the church. This has been a constant debate as to when Easter should be celebrated. It should be on the fourteenth of Nisan, the nearest Sunday, and then all of the calendars changed and it got even more complicated. Well, Toyota started and they didn't want Nisan to have it, so it got very complicated. <laughs> Oh. You're I, would, I would normally make my joke about the uh, apostles ride sharing because they were all of one accord, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, yeah, you didn't. You definitely didn't do that. I'm so proud of you for avoiding <laughs> that. <laughs> um, my second question about uh, the Byzantine rite, because the, because the liturgies are so different. For Easter, one of the big things for all the masses I've been to, I'm just uh, I've been to the Byzantine rite once. I don't know a ton about it. For so I've never been on Easter. On Easter, one of the big things at like the the Roman rite is there's, you know, read it, first reading psalm, second reading, and there's usually like, you know, the alleluia uh, and then the gospel. But before the alleluia, there's the exultet. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like this, this, this fancy song essentially about Jesus and how he's rising from the dead and, and all these things. Is that part of the Byzantine rite as well or no? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, everything's expressed differently. The way that the readings are structured, it's using a different lectionary to begin with. And the way that the readings are distributed over Holy Week also changes. There are other services where we where we get say much more Old Testament prefiguring. Gotcha. Okay. So there were there was a there's just a few lines where like the beauty of the writing of the church's liturgy, which like ironically enough, we're gonna talk about how yours is written way more beautifully <laughs> later on. But Dude, Holy Week is really special. Um, mm -hmm. So Good Friday has the sequence. That's It happens in the same same spot. So the sequence, so it's, it's after the second reading, but before the Alleluia on Sunday and the um, the, the praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, on Friday, because we can't say Alleluia. Um, which is so funny to me, because Alleluia means praise Yahweh. And we're on the other, we, we can't say praise Yahweh, but we can say praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's very silly. We're silly people. <laughs> Well, in the in the East, we don't omit it at all. We just carry it on all the way through Lent. It's like we also don't have Ash Wednesday because Jesus mentioned something about you know not covering yourself in ashes and looking miserable when you're fasting. So oh. we actually have Clean Monday where we get anointed with oil. We we are the weirdest people in the world, David. That's the reading on Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Like, don't cover yourself in ashes. Go do this in private. No, please come up. And we're all like, look at us. We're fasting. It's so stupid. And every homily, every homily on Ash Wednesday is somehow the deacon or the priest trying to make it make sense. And it never does. <laughs> I've been doing this for 32 years and no one has ever once made it make sense to me. <laughs> and uh, very silly. Okay. So the sequence. Good Friday. Um, there's, it says death and life fought bitterly for this precious victory. Another translation, death and life have contended in combat. So stupendous, the prince of life who died reigns immortal. And it's just like these things that we've heard forever. So concise, right? Like this victory of Christ, death and life have contended. Like those aren't things that usually fight, right? Like, you know, the, this was very special. Uh, death and life have contended in combat so stupendous. The prince of life who died reigns immortal. Life, death, life, death. Yeah, but life wins. I, I that, that was just so cool. Like even on Friday when we're quote unquote celebrating his death, right? Celebrating the, at least the service of, of his death, right? Um, Saying like, oh no, he reigns immortal. Like this is, we got this. And then the exultet 
uh, exultet, ex exultet. There's an S in there that I didn't know about until this year. <laughs> ex exultet. Um, let this holy building shake with joy. That was read on oh. Sunday, and that's all I only thought about Thursday, right? When I absolutely <laughs> lost it. Um, this is the night when Christ broke the prison bars of death and rose victorious from the underworld. Like, that just sounds like a comic book. Like, it's, it sounds epic, right? Like, it sounds like a movie. A Marvel movie. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we have similar things in the East. Um, there's one of the stakira, which is one of the prayers. It says, the creator is slapped with the creature's hand. There's very often the, these, these contrasts of these two things together. And actually on Pascha, on Easter, we say Christ is risen from the dead. Uh, by death, he conquered death. And to those in the tombs, he granted life. Oh, uh, Matt Maher wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Maher should be charged with plagiarism from the ancient church. Well, he here's the thing. Because Matt Maher is, uh, speaking of accents, Canadian, the first time I heard that song, and because I work in schools, I heard, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over desk by desk. Like he's like having a <laughs> fight in a classroom, like jumping over desks instead of death by death. Very funny. Um, I heard that for like six months before I realized like, oh, I'm very stupid. <laughs> um, to ransom a slave, you gave away your son. Good night. To ransom a slave, you gave away your son. That's incredible. I mean, it's just like, it's these it's these things that like, it's not, that's not news. That's not something new that I learned on Easter. But it's just like, that's the, that's the gospel message in whatever, seven words, <laughs> whatever it was. It's incredible. And, and they really crank up the poetic at Easter to 11. Right, right, right. That, that's when you get all of the most, the most beautiful words that we, that we pray and hear and we sing. And I don't, I'm not a person that notices poems and here I am quoting all of them, you know? All right. All right. So that's all my serious stuff. It was very serious. I cried multiple times last week and I noticed poetry. Everyone should be very, very, very proud of me, but <laughs> you're growing as a person. I am. But here's, here's, um, here's the more Taylor thing. The things that this is the thing that people will expect from me on good Friday. We're going back to good Friday. Uh, I, I mentioned this, the show before Holy week. Or actually, the show of Holy Week, like Wednesday of Holy Week. That uh, my one of my favorite parts of Holy Week is on Good Friday when we do the the prayers, the, uh, the prayers, um, the ten prayers. It's like the official prayers of the faithful. I forget the name of it right now, but it's ten very official prayers. I love it. It's very fun. Um, but they added one this year. Pope Francis added one specifically for Syria, right? Uh, uh, sorry, the end of, end of war in Syria and Ukraine. But it was it was worded very interestingly, David. Um, uh, for the end of war in Syria, war in Ukraine, and world peace. I I just think that we need an audio version of a comma, <laughs> because what I heard was we need the war in Syria to end, we need the war in Ukraine to end, and we need an end to world peace. <laughs> And I was like, I don't think, I'm not saying, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer to that one, because I'm not sure what we're praying for. <laughs> I, I do wonder what Pope Francis would do for his talent in that show. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, that's our thoughts on Holy Week. When we come back, David is going to take the reins. David, take the reins. Um, we're going to be talking about um, I, the what I have been season I've been editing of his, his podcast, Pints with Jack. They've been diving into C.S. Lewis's, C.S. Lewis's, that's hard to say. C.S. Lewis's, the, the, the four loves. So I'm going to find out what those four loves are. And uh, and then in our final segment, we'll be talking about the differences between the Byzantine rite and the Latin rite, the Roman rite, which most of uh, me and most of the listeners are. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Select International Tours is the leading group for Catholic pilgrimages all across the world. They've got they've got tours going everywhere. Rome, the Holy Land, the world is opening up. All Spain, Portugal, Germany. They've got everything. You can check it all out at fortacatholic.com slash tours. I've mentioned before on the show, they've got the everybody likes hearing me say the Abaramergau. 
I think I finally learned how to say it. You know, the famous passion play in Germany. I was just on a plane talking to somebody um, who travels to Rome all the time. She, uh, you know, I was, I was talking about trying to, you know, get a get a, a, a tour, a uh, pilgrimage uh, here in the next year or two. And she got so excited, and she's like, "You're gonna love Rome. It's great, especially for the you know people of faith." So, uh, if you want to go on a pilgrimage soon, especially that World Youth Day that is coming up, August 1st through 6, 2023, Select International can help you out. They've been doing this for years, and they are the leader in getting people to have you know you know getting people to these spiritual places so they can have a spiritual experience in some of these wonderful sites, religious sites, and locations. So head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash tours today welcome back to Forte catholic i'm taylor Scholl. that is still david bates of the pints with jack podcast uh currently y'all's season is uh, on the four loves and i've been editing it and i i think i'm pretty good at my job but it's hard for me to listen for content when i'm listening for uh ums ands uhs buts uh stutters uh you know that uh what else have we had this year dogs um, uh, small, a few small children. Sp- uh, small children. I think we had a lawnmower at some point. Um, that's the kind of stuff I'm listening for. So you invited me on for a, an episode later this season. I'm like, I'm gonna. Have to, you, you take great notes. I'm gonna have to go back through your notes and 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 and, and go through it again because I, I feel like every time that I edit and I listen, I'm like, that was a really good episode, but I just didn't take. I I, I don't remember much, right? So I'm gonna guess what the four loves are. Um, and this is the okay. youth ministry for puppy love, pizza love, mm-hmm. um, the the love I have for my wife, and the city of brotherly love. Is that correct? Very, very close. Very close. Very close. Okay. Uh, no, for Lewis, it's uh, affection, or in Greek, storgi. It is friendship, or philia. It is romantic love, which is eros, and it's charity, which is agape. I got. Or t- I got agape. I got. Depending t- on how you want to say it. I got two of them right. Very yeah, very. I said very close. Well done, gold star. Gold star. Uh, no, not a gold star. Bronze star. <laughs> and I got a fifty. I don't get anything. Um, you also said stor- storgi. I've, I've heard y'all say that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Isn't that like a nickname or something like a nickname for like a smoking something? Sto- stogi. That's a doobie. But stogi isn't stogi a thing? <laughs> isn't isn't that just kind of sandwich? I don't know. Oh no, that's hoagie. Hoagie. I think a stogie <laughs> is a thing that you smoke. Yeah, long, thin, inexpensive cigar. So that's what I think about every time y'all say it. <laughs> I love. To, I can say, see now why you didn't retain much of the content because you were just thinking about smoking the entire time. Right. Exactly. It's like I need to smoke. I need to go outside. I can't edit outside. <laughs> so uh, the four loves. First of all, uh, like. This is what season five, yes, season five. Mm-hmm. So uh, cl- clearly, one of your favorite one one of the one of your favorite seasons books. Uh, why should people read this one? What 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 is the what is the thing that people are going to get out of reading the Four Loves? Other than uh, thinking about cigars, <laughs> other than thinking about cigars, the Four Loves. It's a it's a really good way to start thinking seriously about love. When I first read that book, it was several years ago. I had never really thought very deeply about love at all, and particularly the different kinds of love, because in English, we're hampered by the fact that we have one word for many meanings. I love this hot dog. I love my wife. I love my son. I love God. Hopefully, each of those loves is rather different from the other. I've heard that since Uh, I was in youth ministry, and I think y'all are giving me way too much credit. But Lewis goes through the four major kinds of loves as he sees it. It's, I don't think it's meant to be exhaustive, but it's meant to, to, for us to meditate and think about what do we mean when we talk about love between family members? What do we mean when we talk about the love of friendship? What do we mean when we talk about love between husband and wife? What do we mean when we talk about we love God? And what Lewis really gives us in this book is a set of vocabulary to talk about love. He talks about need love when when you you need to give and gift love when you're when you're when you're giving. Sorry, wrong way around. Need love when you when you really need love from somebody and gift love when you're giving it to them. So he makes all of these sorts of distinctions and it just helps us to have a vocabulary when we're trying to understand what we mean by love. And so for example, with philia, with the love of friendship, Lewis has something very particular in mind. 
Because if you look in antiquity, various Greek and Roman writers, they thought that you could only be friends with someone if you were basically the same person, if you were of the, the, the same station, of the same state in life, etc., etc. But Lewis says that, no, it's just some shared common interest around which you bond. And he unpacks what that means and asks the question, can men and women be friends? You know, he, he predates when Harry met Sally for a long time. <laughs> uh, and for me, I think that's the real value in the book. He, he gets us going. He gets us to start thinking about what love is and what does love mean in each of these different arenas of life. And you're free to reject some of the things that he suggests. But I think if you read the book and start thinking about love more seriously, and then hopefully loving better yourself, I think the book has, has done its job. The need, love, gift, love thing, now that you said, I, I, I remembered a, a couple episodes on that and how um, the thing that, that came to my mind when, when, when y'all were talking about it was that um, in different relationships, I feel it, it can depend which one I feel, right? The, the ones where I feel like I need, I need that res, to receive love, right? Like a lot of that, it's like family, like, you know. You know, kids and parents, right? You feel like you need to receive love from your parents, um, but then, like in like marriage, it's like sometimes in the marriage, like you know, you should be going both ways, right? But there are times in any relationship, whether it's marriage or like a best friendship or whatever, where there's times where somebody's up and somebody's down, right? Where it's like, oh, like I feel like they're kind of down, and they, I need to give them love. It's that gift love, right? And then sometimes it's it's the opposite, where like I mean, like I was sick for the last month, right? My wife took incredible care of me and the rest of the family, right? Where like I was in the position of like I needed to be loved and, and taken care of. Like I couldn't walk for three days. See, like it was, I was that sick. And uh, I felt that, you know, like I felt that love from her. Right. Um, so I, I like how, how it could go back and forth, but then there's other people like, you know, think like a, like a, like a spiritual mentor, right. A lot of times the spiritual mentor, not, not in every case, but a lot of times the spiritual mentor is the one gifting the love and the guidance and that sort of thing. And the person receiving it. So yeah, I liked that a lot. One of the main things, my favorite section of the book, and one of the main things I like about it is Lewis makes the point that to love at all is to be vulnerable, that it's not possible to love and not be vulnerable. He says that if you love anything, even if it's just a pet, your heart is going to be broken at some point. And being a new father, I now really see that. When our son was ill recently, it was horrendous. I, I was much happier when I was sick and he was feeling better than the other way around. And Lewis makes the point that you love anything, your heart's going to be broken. To love at all is to be vulnerable. And he says, the only place that you're free from the dangers of love is hell, because there, there is no love. And he says that if you try and protect your heart uh, by not letting anybody in, your heart will be safe, but it will basically shrivel up and die. It's, it's very sad and gl glib. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Very gloomy, David. <laughs> Last segment, we're all like, Easter, enjoy. And you're like, yeah, hell sucks. <laughs> um, the, uh, I think a lot of people like within church circles, I've heard a lot about agape. We kind of understand brotherly love, right? Uh, storgi, I think, is the one that like I, like I had never heard like the Greek storgi, but I had also never heard of that like affection love. And I think it was the hardest to parse, like even on the, on the show. Um, mm -hmm. Could you could you go into that one? What is that like the storgi? What is it? How does it separate from the ones the loves that we're probably more a little bit more familiar with? Mm -hmm. The the lexicon that Lewis uses, he speaks about it as being the love between parents and children. And he says specifically, the image that you want to conjure in your mind for Storgi, for affection, is a mother breastfeeding or um, a dog that's just had puppies feeding. It, it's, it's warm, it's intimate, and it's, it's very comfortable. And he actually then expands that definition a little bit and basically says that it's the love of anything that you love because it's familiar. So these are the people that you live with, whether you got to choose that you whether you got to choose to live with them or not, if they could be in your dorm at university, um, if they happen to be people that you work with. They're the people that you're around day in, day out. And over time, you have you, you develop this affection for them. And he points out something that's quite wonderful that happens in that, because he says that because you start loving them just because they're there, you start noticing some of the things that 
are lovable about them that you would have otherwise have missed. You know, if you've worked with somebody for five years, you, you might notice some of their good traits that somebody that didn't know them quite so well because they hadn't spent quite so much time with them, you would have completely overlooked. It takes about five years to find mine, yeah. <laughs> How long have you been editing my podcast? Uh, about two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a little long, yeah. Yeah. Um, as you're as you're mentioning Storgi and the, the parenting thing, right? Uh, immediately, this video that I watched this past week popped in my head. It was it was one of the like reels, TikToks or whatever, like a, a minute clip of something, and it was a show that I'm not really a fan of. I've never watched before, but it was a clip from Modern Family, and it's a mm -hmm. it's a dad, and like all I know about the situation is what the clip showed. But the clip it was a minute, and it did a very good job conveying something similar to what you were just saying about Storgi. Um, it's the mom talking to the daughter and there's two elevators that the two elevators will come into play in a second. Right. And the, the mom and the daughter are kind of arguing because the daughter is going off with this guy. She's like 19. She's going off to get married or date this guy that she shouldn't be with a guy that's bad for. Her, right. And she's arguing, she's telling the mom, dad, dad doesn't love me. doesn't care for me. Uh, he's disappointed in me. All, uh, uh, everything I did. She got kicked out of college. Like dad's just disappointed in me and he doesn't care about me at all. Right. And then the daughter's leaving and she's going, she's going to go be with the guy and she gets into one elevator, but it stays open. The other elevator dings. Dad comes out, immediately goes up to the wife, doesn't know the daughter's there. Give me the keys. Give me the keys. I'm going after her. She doesn't need to be doing this. That's my little girl. And he's like on the verge of tears. Right. And like, even though he is mad at her and disappointed in her, and then uh, he's, you know, I got goosebumps, you know, like I care about my kids, you know, like uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a special moment of like, no matter what she did, you know, she she had pissed him off and upset him and disappointed him and all this stuff. But at that moment, a teenage daughter. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like at that moment, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm dad and that's my little girl and I'm going to go save her and protect her. And I, I was like, dude, that, that sat with me this week. I've been very emotional this week, David. <laughs> 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 oh man okay final pitch for the four loves or or and or favorite quote leave us on something good for the four loves oh uh i already gave my favorite quote okay. but you found that depressing yeah so i'll, I'll hell quote... sucks that's what i remember <laughs> <laughs> so i'll simply say if if you want to th if you really want to think about what it means to love somebody and to love somebody in different situations Read the four loves and naturally subscribe to our podcast, Pints for Jack, pintsforjack.com. Uh, and my favorite quotation, it comes, it's going to be a paraphrase, but it comes from the chapter on friendship where Lewis describes friendship. And he says that the, that the sound that's made at the starting of friendship is typically something along the lines of, what, you two? I thought I was the only one. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I've, I've had, I, re I remember that quote and I remember thinking like, that's how a lot of my friendships started. Like a lot of my best friends, it's like, oh, you like Pokemon cards? And that's been my best friend since fourth grade. You know, like, it's very funny. Very funny. Well, my, my best friend, when we first met, he was, he was dating one of my other close friends and we were driving to uh, a camping area because she was going to be putting on this desert retreat and we were going to check out the trails in advance. And she was saying something and then she spoke about duty. And of course, how do Americans say duty? <laughs> yep. Duty. duty. And both he and I laughed at exactly the same moment and then looked at each other. And the girl he was dating, now his wife, just went, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Well, good. All right. Go read, uh, go read the, the four loves, or if you're, especially if you're an audio person like me, go subscribe to the podcast. Pints with Jack, greatest editor in the world, and the podcasters are okay, too. I, I, li I like them. I like them. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grill David about the Byzantine, right? Gonna, uh, just, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I, I really am. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. So I'm a big fan of brisket. Never thought I'd start one of the podcast ads like this, but that's how we're doing it. Um, but I never thought that I would get a review from brisket. I've reviewed brisket before. Like, mm, this tastes pretty good. But brisket left a, a review of this podcast on March 23rd, 2022. Five stars. Great podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you, brisket. I love you. Especially with barbecue sauce. Um, Jay Reese Bradley, another friend of the show. 
five star uh, says, I love this show and I'm not even Catholic. I learn, I love to learn and Forty Catholics is a hilarious way to learn about the Catholic faith. The hosts are funny and relatable and always respond to my comments. I look forward to each show and consider them a nice break from the news. Highly recommended. Thank you to you, to those two, to all those who have left reviews on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Spotify. Those are the two best places to do it for audio. If you leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, I will read it. And I will give you my food review if you leave your name as a food as brisket did. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, just hit subscribe, comment, and tell us what food you think I should like, and I'll tell you how I feel about it. And that's what we're doing, because that's the mood I'm in today. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to Foot the Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is still David Lewis Bates. Do people know that? That my middle name is Lewis? Yeah. Or that I'm David Lewis Bates? Yeah, both. They do now. Yay! We did it! I'm so happy. <laughs> we did it. I, I, I don't think I've ever made the connection that it is your middle name, right? It is, yeah. I never, I'm named after my dad. I never made the connection that you're the Lewis guy and your middle name's Lewis. I see it every day when I log into our little uh, software that we use to communicate. I've never made the connection that you're the Lewis person and that your middle name is Lewis. I Like, I, like when we started it, because the, the joke is I make up middle names for everybody on this show. But then I was like, wait, is yours made up? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> no, this is this is true. Oh, that's very good. So uh, you lived up to your name and I lived up to mine. I haven't said this on the show in like three years. And it popped up on my on my like time hop or whatever from three years ago. Uh, do you have Stroll is a German name. I have lived up to my name. Do you have any idea what Stroll means? I don't. Uncouth. Loud. Shouty. Oh, Uncouth, okay. lacking refinement, <laughs> lacking manners. <laughs> Quite literally what my name means. I have lived up to my so name. Taylor the Barbarian. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, the mediocre. <laughs> the terrible. Okay. So um, we mentioned earlier that you are are one of us, but not one of us all at the same time. <laughs> so you are a man of the Byzantine rite of Catholicism. And that was something that was very new to me when I was in college. I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought that like there was Catholic and Protestant and I learned many years later that there was like Orthodox, right? But mm. I didn't know that there were like other Catholics that didn't go to my mass that also liked the Pope. I didn't know that was an option. So you are one of those, the Byzantine, right? Uh, give us a slight, uh, a, a short introduction to what does it mean to be a Byzantine right Catholic? Okay, so in the Catholic Church, you actually have a communion of churches. It's a church of churches. And if we take it all the way back to the book of Acts, the apostles go out to spread the gospel and they start moving through the Roman Empire. There is an, um, a missionary base in Antioch and then they go to Rome, Alexandria, then the Constantinople is found, and each of these major areas starts developing their own particular flavor of the faith. They're still all in communion with one another, but there are some local variations, uh, differences in theological expression, and that's pretty much where you get these different churches that express the same faith, but slightly differently. And so you have all of these different rites within the Catholic Church, which is the theology and the the style of worship, um, but if you are Eastern Catholic, you are still in communion with the Pope. Uh, you got to play with your own toys, but yet still be Catholic. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> so I I attended uh, my only really uh, experience with this is I attended a Byzantine rite uh, mass when uh, liturgy uh, when I was in grad school. So it was uh, about a decade ago. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, the wisdom, be attentive. Like, I, it's been stuck <laughs> in my head literally ever since I've done it. And I want to sing every time I'm at mass and I want, like, no one's paying attention. I just want to yell it just random at random times, you know, like, hey, pay attention, you know, like, uh, <laughs> so I, I really, really enjoyed it. I was surprised by a couple of things like, you know, small babies receiving the body and blood of Christ, uh, the mm -hmm. body and blood of Christ being the same thing. Like all, you get it all at once. Um, so those are the things that I noticed. So liturgically, what are the what are the, the biggest differences there? Well, the first one, you corrected yourself. We don't call it mass because 
Catholics typically typically call the mass the mass because of the final line in Latin, "Ite missa est," go you ascent. But the Eastern churches didn't celebrate in Latin, so they didn't call it the mass. Is so your last word liturgy? liturgy? Yeah, divine liturgy is is what. But is that the last called. word though? Uh, it's not. They're like, go in peace. It's... Also, liturgy. <laughs> <laughs> Very often we sing a song uh, wishing everybody many happy years. So years is technically the last word. So nice. uh, that's what it feels I'm going like to divine years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we call it divine liturgy. You'll notice our churches look rather different. In the West, you typically have spires pointing to heaven. In the East, you have domes. Uh, showing the kingdom of heaven coming down. That's the theology behind it. You won't find statues. Typically, you'll find icons instead. Um, in a lot of Eastern churches, you won't find pews because pews are actually a relatively late introduction to the churches. If you go to the churches of Europe, quite often you'll find them completely empty of chairs because people just stood to worship. Um, well, now although, the churches yeah. in, in Europe are empty, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> they're, they're empty for another reason, exactly. Um, you typically won't find uh, any confessional because you would typically confess your sins in front of an icon of Christ um, with the priest at your side, which is really beautiful. Oh, that's cool. Um, hmm. Is there still it's, is there still a um, uh, what is the word at the end where the uh, absolution? absolution? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. And the prayers are, prayers are beautiful. Okay. And, and the way that you typically do it is you'll kneel and the priest will take his, what you would call a stole. We call it an epitrachillion. Of takes course. His stole <laughs> so much cooler. It's cooler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, got the, it's got the word epic in it. Uh, the priest will take his stole and place it on your, on your head and then make the sign of the cross over the top of it to show that it is his office as priest. This is how your sins are forgiven, not through him as a man. Um, and anyone that's been to Latin Mass, you'll see some similarities in terms of everything's ad orientum with the priests and the people facing the same direction. And you you spoke about wisdom, be attentive, and you sang it because all of our liturgy is sung. The only bits that aren't are the homily and there's a short prayer before receiving communion. Um, and Oh man, the only thing that can make homilies worse is a bad singer doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. It's kind of like Broadway. It's great. Um, we have a different lecturing. I mentioned that earlier. Um, we typically don't genuflect. That's an Eastern thing. And actually, we don't kneel at all. Um, that was actually part of the canons of the Council of Where Marcia, do I sign up? No, no <laughs> kneeling on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> you have to stand. So you, it's really good for your glutes and you save on your knees. It's it's all, all around better. Nice. Uh, but no, we, we, we do bows and we make the sign of the cross a lot. If you've been to uh, a Trinity Mass, you'll see that more as well. And we go to the right shoulder first. And we'll actually even hold our hands like this. Oh, so these three fingers together symbolizing the Trinity and these two fingers symbolizing the two natures of Christ and Christ with the church. And we make the Father, Son and Holy Spirit with the right shoulder first. Okay. Because that's the older form. So I've heard. So, okay. Uh, uh, when I was at John Blevins house uh, like two months ago in March, whatever, um, I had like a three hour conversation with an, e uh, an Eastern Orthodox person. Uh, and mm -hmm. I learned a lot from him. I picked his brain like I'm picking his brain, your brain. But we had uh, uh, stogies and 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 some <laughs> drinks. So we we went for like three hours. And I uh, I asked him a bunch of questions. He said the same thing. So I just learned that like a month and a half ago. So if you would if we would have done this a month and a half ago, I'd, my mind would be blown right now. But I didn't know about <laughs> it was the pre blown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't. And everybody notices that my mind hasn't worked in a month and a half. But the going to the right is very funny because my sister is left-handed and she got yelled at over and over and over again by the junior high youth minister at her home parish because she naturally went right first because she was mirroring what right-hand people do, right? It's, it, was, mm -hmm. it was the opposite. And she got yelled at. And I'm like, so now I have even more ammunition to yell at that lady. Leave my sister alone. She's, it's still Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it said that the transition to the left shoulder first happened when people started mirroring the priest as he's doing his blessing. Oh, okay. At, at the at the end of the service, um, but the, the the major difference that anybody would notice if they came to a divine liturgy is communion, because as you say, everybody receives. If you are baptized, then and, and chrismated—that's what we call confirmation—you receive. So my son, he was he was baptized, he was chrismated, and received his first holy communion after just a week or two of life. And actually, because I now live in Wisconsin, 
I don't have a local Byzantine church. <gasps> so we, we, we went to Minneapolis for that. And so I, I just figured he'd been receiving communion through my wife uh, while he was in the womb. So I just didn't want that to stop. So you're one of me now? Uh, yeah, I've been slumming it with the Latins for a while. <laughs> Fortunately, I have a lovely parish. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. That's very funny. Um, my last question for you was the most it was the question that got the most fascinating answer from the Eastern Orthodox guy that I was talking to. Uh, no pressure. Uh, yeah, no pressure at all. But I have I've always wondered because because I had at least attended the liturgy, I had some kind of context to understand some of the similarities and differences, right? Um, very beautiful. I loved it. Uh, if I had one closer, I would go more often. Like I, re I really, really enjoyed it. But the thing that always kind of that I that I can never really wrap my mind around was, you know, we hear a lot about Eastern spirituality, and when we hear about that, we think more Buddhism, Hinduism, that sort of thing, right? But Eastern Orthodoxy and like, the, at least Eastern Orthodoxy, and I'm about to ask you if you think. Eastern Catholicism fits fits in that. It's always been the healthy parts of that is there is this more of a mysticism and this mystery and deep prayer. And I told and I like I asked I asked this guy about it and he said that's because like we, we talked about liturgy stuff, but then I asked like what is your life? How is your life different than my life spiritually? Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it is. I didn't ask it in like a comparative way, but essentially, <laughs> I'm better than yeah, you. I, I pray more than you. Essentially, that's what he that's what he said. I, I, I we are three hours into it or whatever. But I was like, what is what is your spiritual life like? And essentially, like he's he's way more disciplined than me, and like his prayer is more like more like a mystic, more like like it's like it was like the Christian version of what I thought of Eastern religion, more mysticism, meditation prayer um so it was some it was somehow able to mirror like you know what sometimes people often think negatively about eastern mysticism but within christianity and i thought that was cool do you think that there's any how, does that fit at all with within your experience of being an eastern right catholic it, it does i would say though all of those things are definitely there present in the west they're just very often not quite articulated in the same way and if you if you go through the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you will see Easterners quoted everywhere. You will see the Eastern liturgies quoted all over the place. And so I'd actually make the argument that to be truly Catholic, you need to understand both. But I would also say that it's definitely true that in the East, there is an understanding that we are bumping up against mystery. In, in the West, we only really hear that word on Trinity Sunday when we're told we don't why know. the Trinity isn't a <laughs> shamrock. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my pastor in Seattle, he, he used to say that the, the Christian life is the mystical life. It is, we, we, are, we are trying to seek union with God. And there's this great emphasis on, we call it theosis. Um, Scott Hahn talks about it as participation in, in the divine life, sharing in the life of the Trinity. And that comes from Peter's epistles. Uh, but my pastor in Seattle said that we, we try and understand the faith as deeply as we possibly can. But we will always reach that point where we realize that we've bumped up against mystery. And then we just have to give a profound bow and then just just wave some incense. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, good. I love it. I, I, I'm hoping I get to go again uh, sometime soon. I really, really enjoyed it. It's been yeah, almost 10 years. So maybe I'll come visit you and we'll go. We'll drive into Minneapolis. You can, when you pick me up from the airport, we can we can already be in town. <laughs> And, uh, and and go there. So, uh, David, this has been fun. I'm, we we got to have some fun earlier. We got to talk about me crying. We got to talk about uh, C.S. Lewis. We got to talk about Byzantine, right? We got to learn something. Um, go go uh, subscribe to Pies with Jack wherever you listen to podcasts, including over on YouTube as an option as well. David, you particularly, where do you want people to connect with you as a human person, not as a podcast? <laughs> uh, well, if you want to come and buy me a pint when I'm at the pub. That's always gratefully received. Uh, but at pintsofjack.com, that's where we have everything. We're on Instagram with lots of legitimate C.S. Lewis quotations because pretty much any 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 clever little uh, saying is always attributed to him. But if you go to Instagram, Pints of Jack, you'll find us there. Twitter, which is now under new management, I hear. So 
who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah, that, that is showing how uh, soon we are recording this episode to release because that is very new information. Um, <laughs> the other thing that's very funny about the – you guys talk a lot about fake C.S. Lewis quotes. What's very funny is I don't know if you have noticed this recently, but the more y'all talk about it, have you noticed your guests getting more and more nervous? Because I have. <laughs> Your last guest, yes. your last guest, every time he quoted C.S. Lewis was, I, I hope no one yells at me, but <laughs> C.S. Lewis said, and every single time, and it was so funny to me, you are breaking the community, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping people on their toes. Uh, it was, uh, it, was it, it was funny because he, he, he quoted... Uh, he he gave uh, what he thought was a C.S. Lewis quotation, and then gave all the the uh, exceptions and backtrack. It's like I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, and it is a lovely Lewis quote from uh, Reflections on the Psalms: "A man can't always be defending the truth. There must be a time to feed on it." Uh, and all it means is that when we have those conversations, I'll go and produce a graphic on it. I'll post it on Instagram, and the world becomes a little bit wiser. The world becomes a little bit wiser. Um... Your guests become a little bit less uh, confident. But, David, you will never take my confidence. I have way too much. <laughs> David, thank you so much. I'll be back next week. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for watching and listening today. I hope that you enjoyed one of, if not my favorite, British people in the entire world. It was tremendous. Gotta love him. Gotta love him. If you enjoyed today's show, please hit that subscribe button. If you really enjoy the show and want to support the work that we're doing here at Forte Catholic, we are a Catholic nonprofit organization. Um, and so we literally survive and continue to be able to do this ministry because of the generosity of people like you. So if you would like to, you know, send us a one-time donation, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, um, or if you'd like to join our monthly support team, I've mentioned before, we are trying to um, hire somebody to help me because I need help because it's, it's been a lot of work over the last two years and it's, it's been just me. So uh, we're trying to bring him on uh, part-time. So we need some monthly support to be able to pay him a fair wage because not everybody in the church does that. And I want to be able to pay him a fair wage so all of that can be done at fortecatholic.com slash donate uh we you know we want to do good work and keep doing good work and continue to grow um what we are able to do so thank you guys for listening thank you guys for your support thanks for watching y'all are the best and i'll see you soon